0: Um, We're going to have a great time this morning. Just to let you know what we're going to do is um, I'm just going to speak on uh, the next next chapter that we'll be looking at, Psalm 132, uh, and I'm going to preach fairly briefly you know, just maybe 35, 40, 50 minutes, something like that, yeah? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And then uh, we're gonna get the kids gonna get, come back in and then we're gonna pray for Andy and Zoe for the kids and their kids as they get ready to go up to Manchester. we actually, I'm still gonna see Andy for quite a long time, actually. we have gonna do a whole week cleaning toilets together. Okay, so uh, it will be a real joy, but uh, we just feel that God has got something. We wanna pray for them and send them out really, really well. It's gonna be a complete um, delight so could you could somebody uh, turn please to psalm 132 uh, that'd be really good and um and also if you've got a paper bible turn to 2 samuel chapter 6 and in a moment is there somebody that would like to read psalm 132 and last time we've had people sitting right at the back reading and that was that was fantastic is anybody would anyone like to read please somebody put your hand up you you always do you always do jackie but do you want to read jackie do it again
1: (laughs) have you got it so you
0: can i haven't got it on my phone okay we're not going to do it quite yet okay okay. it'll it'll be in a moment but if you could get ready that'd be really good there's only one word in there you just need to look through and the word is epaphrath yeah yeah no it's not effraffa so, uh, whichever, book, uh, uh, ESV? ESV? Yeah, I think maybe yeah, that would be good, okay, but not quite yet. <laughs> uh, we're going to read um, this morning uh, Psalm 132, and it's a psalm that just cultivates and grows fruitful obedience. And it's a psalm that we're going to read about. It It talks about David finding the Ark of the Covenant. Now, I really wanted to get a picture of the Ark of the Covenant up, and we could put it up on the screen. But then it's not really the psalm that we reading. It's not about the Ark of the Covenant. That's just the back story. That's just to help us understand what it is. So we're going to read about, in a moment, from 2 Samuel, when David found the Ark of the Covenant. But basically, it's this psalm where every year, for three times, the Jews would... Walk Walk up to Jerusalem, and they would sing this song, and they would think, "I'm just going to remember what David did and how obedient he was in returning the Ark of the Covenant back to Jerusalem." What happened was that the ark of the covenant was this, like this box. It was okay, so it's 131 centimeters long, so that's about a meter. So it was about this long, and it was 79 centimeters high, which is pro- approximately that, and it was also 79 centimeters deep. And it was a box. It was a wooden box that was covered with gold, and it had two cherubim sitting in there, and the lid was just made of solid gold, and that was called the mercy seat. And what happened was that, that the, the ark of the covenant used to go with the with the uh, the Hebrews when they were wandering around the desert, they would carry this with them. They had to be very careful. There's particular ways that they had to carry it and be very respectful of it. It wasn't, it wasn't the presence of God doesn't live in a box, just so you know, okay? He, do, he wasn't in... Does anybody know what was in the box? Ten Commandments. Ten Commandments. What else?
2: Nana
0: manna and Aaron's staff that had budded okay so there were three things in there and they carried it around with them but what they did the Philistines who were the deadly enemies of the Hebrews they beat them they beat the Israelites and they nicked the Ark of the Covenant not a good idea wasn't didn't work out very well for them at all okay so in there they am ah, just going to dump this thing get rid of it it's us, like, It brings like everything is going wrong when we got the Ark of the Covenant so they hid it in some field in some it's in a, a in a, a region in a very small village called, uh, what was the village called? Job? I can't remember where it is. We'll find it when we read the story. Um, Sorry? Jar. Jar, That's the one. Yeah, thank you very much. Jar. J-A-A-R. And then David said, oh my word, that the Ark of the Covenant that we've been looking for is hidden in some obscure little village called Jar. We're going to go and find it. And then we're going to go and bring it back. Okay, so. What I'm going to do is I'm going to read just that very brief um, account in 2 Samuel uh, chapter 6 and verse 8. So if you've got that, just find that in your Bibles and we'll, I'll read it briefly. Uh, 2 Samuel, and it's got this really great bit when uh, David dances before the Lord with wild abandon, abandonment and everyone had, no I'm not going to model it so I thought we'd do a workshop a David dancing workshop not? and Jill's going to lead it for us okay so I'm going to read the, the, this is the account that gives the setting for Psalm 132 okay we're going to focus on Psalm 132 but this is what the psalm is about then David again gathered all the elite troops in Israel 30,000 in all he led them to Barla in Judah to bring back the ark of God which bears the name of the Lord of of heaven's armies who was enthroned between the cherubim and they placed the ark of God on a new cart brought in from Ab- from Abinadab's house which was on a hill. Uzziah and Ahio, Abinadab's sons, were guiding the cart as it left the house, carrying the ark of God. Ahio walked in front of the ark, and David and all of the people were celebrating before the Lord, singing songs and playing all kinds of music, musical instruments, lyres and harps and tambourines and castanets and cymbals. I never knew castanets was in the Bible, by the way. I also thought it was just flamenco. Anyway, flamenco. But when they arrived at the threshing floor of Nacon, the oxen stumbled, and Uzziah reached out his hand and steadied the ark of God. And then the Lord's anger was aroused against Uzziah and God struck him dead because of this so Uzziah died right there beside the ark David was angry because the Lord's anger had burst out against Uzziah and he named that place Perez Uzziah which means to burst out against Uzziah as it's still called today David was now afraid of the Lord and he asked how can I ever bring the ark of the Lord back into my care So David decided not to move the Ark of the Lord into the city of David. Instead, he took it to the house of Obed-Edom of Gath, and the Ark of the Lord remained there in Obed-Edom's house for three months, and the Lord blessed Obed-Edom and his entire household. Then King David was told, the Lord has blessed Obed-Edom's household and everything that he has because of the Ark of God. So David went there and bought the Ark of of God from the house of Obed-Edom to the city of David um, with a great celebration. And after the men who were carrying the ark of the Lord had gone six steps, David sacrificed a bull and a fattened calf. And David danced before the Lord with all his might, wearing a priestly garment. So David and all the people of Israel brought up the ark of the Lord with shouts of joy and the blowing of horns Does anybody just have interest? Why, why do you think God killed um, Uzziah? Uzzah? Surely, if this whole thing was falling off the cart, all he did was, he just, all he did was, whoa, stop, don't let this thing fall. Put his hand on it. Well, why did that happen? Why did, why did God kill him? Obedience? He was casual about God. I, I think there was something about Uzziah was, I don't know, I, you don't know exactly, but I think he was something about he was casual with God. And he was, pri- and maybe he was prideful, and he just thought, you know, do you know this thing is falling? I'm gonna, I'm gonna put myself in the- I'm gonna save the situation. I'm gonna save my situation, but it didn't work out well. But there was something about the ark of God that you had to be really, really, very careful with. And the ark of the God was this like. When they carried it around, this ark of God around with them, it was like their theological handbook. And it had all the things inside them that reminded them about, about the word of God, the spirit of God, and the provision of God. And so the, all these things were really important, but they had to think that no, God is at the center. God is in charge of this situation. I can't treat this thing lightly. That's just background. Right, Jackie, are we right? So... If we can go, um, if we can put the the next one up, Tara, that'd be great. Are you in the ESV? Yeah. Okay, you can read it from there. I can if you read want. it from there. Yeah, read it from
3: there. <laughs> 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 when, <laughs> is it squints? Is it, yeah, I've got grass. Remember, O Lord, in David's favor, all the hardships he endured, how he swore to the Lord and vowed to the mighty one of Jacob. I will not enter my house or get into my bed. I will not give sleep to my eyes or slumber to my eyelids until I find a place for the Lord, a dwelling place for the mighty one of Jacob. Behold, we heard of it in ephrathah <laughs> We found it in the fields of Jar. Let us go to his dwelling place, let us worship at his footstool. Arise, O Lord, and go to your resting place, you and the ark of your might. Let your priests be clothed with righteousness and let your saints shout for joy. For the sake of your servant David, do not turn away the face of your anointed one. Oh, it's more. This is the last 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 (laughs) The Lord swore to David a sure oath from which he will not turn back. One of the sons of your body I will set on your throne. If your sons keep my covenant and my testimonies that I shall teach them, their sons also forever shall sit on your throne. For the Lord has chosen Zion, he has desired it for his dwelling place. This is my resting place forever. Here I will dwell, for I have desired it. I will abundantly bless her provisions. I will satisfy her poor with bread. Her priests I will clothe with salvation, and her saints will shout for joy. There I will make a horn to sprout for David. I have prepared a lap for my anointed. His enemies I will clothe with shame, but on him his crown will shine.
0: Brilliant. Thanks, Jackie. <clears throat> it's a psalm of two halves. And it, in the first half, he's saying, Look, David is saying, Look, this is what I'm going to do. He's, as, the, as the Israelites were walking up and they would sing this psalm, as they were walking up to Jerusalem for these three festivals a year, they, they would just keep singing this song. And it was like, Do you remember when God did that? Do you remember when God did that for David? Do you remember when we did that? Do you remember that encounter? And, and like, when we remember what God has done in the past, do you know what it does it it brings us into this place of thinking i'm going to trust god for the future do you remember when we broke into the center <laughs>
3: yeah.
0: Who, I, you, might, you might not know but some of us we broke into the centre years and years ago there was a fence that was like we thought we want this building so we can be in there and then we had to peel the fence back there. and we stepped inside the, the wire fence and we laid hands on the building and said Jesus we want this building for us do you remember when we did that yeah. does anybody remember when St James's school wouldn't let us meet in here you have to be around for a long time Years! They said, no, no, you're not going to do it. And I, th- I don't know why, but they didn't want us to do it. They didn't want us to meet in it. So we thought, we want to meet in here. And what we did is, we walked around the outskirts of the perimeter of this fence every day for a week. Not metaphorically, physically. We just walked around it. We said, Jesus, please give us this place. do you know what happened? Oh, um, yes, it's St. James's School here. Yeah no we think actually it could work for you to meet in our school do you remember do you remember when God did some of these things do you remember when as a church we were thinking oh wouldn't it be great if we could serve the people that are really needy in our community but we weren't doing anything do you remember those moments and then suddenly God brought people in that wanted that stirred the pot and we thought yeah we can do it and now we look back and we see that everything that's going on and we're serving like the, some of the most needy in the community and we just think, oh, that's just natural. That's what, it, wasn't, it wasn't always like that. Do you remember when God moved? Do you remember when we built a polytunnel and we hadn't a clue what we were going to do with it? I'm not joking. We bought, I remember buying a polytunnel online and thinking, I don't know what we're going to do with this. <laughs> But actually, we don't want the council to think we're not doing anything with the land. That's probably why we did it. And then the mayor came down and it was pouring with rain and she put us, she's like a very petite woman and she put size 10 wellies in and she was digging a hole and she was saying, What are you going to do with this? And we're thinking, I don't really know. I don't know. But do you remember God did something? And then this woman was walking past picking litter up. And I thought, oh, we'll just have a chat with her. Then turns out, like within a few weeks, we were employing her. She's a gardener. She's doing guard, community gardening projects across Edgeware. across. The do you remember when God did some of these things? And you know, it was so exciting. You know, when Pete came up and prayed out in tongues, you might think, oh, this is—I didn't know Pete could speak Hebrew or whatever it was. Read it in Corinthians. That's where it talks about it. It says, no, this is an orderly way to do a church service. And then Jerry came up and said, I think it's bringing an interpretation. And bowler bought an interpretation as well. But it's something like remembering what, you know, the generations gone by. Generations gone by. <laughs> remember, and you say, oh my word, that's exactly what we're trying to do now. Because when we remember what we've done in the past, guess what? It helps us be obedient for the future. It takes us on It's not something static and boring, but it says, oh, God's done this. <laughs> therefore, look what is going to happen. And that is exactly what David is doing in this psalm. He's just saying, look what has happened, and and you know we can't. I, my life right now is not good enough to prompt me into more obedience. I'm, like if you took a photograph of my life right now, you're thinking, well, there's all sorts of things, but no, it has to, my history isn't enough. You know, I have to look back beyond. I, have, you know, I'm. Sometimes you feel, you know, people have stories who just came to faith, and you think, oh, there, it's an amazing salvation story, but my story is different from that. So my my mum and dad were christians and my my grandpa was a a, like an amazing he was the guy that probably shaped my life more than anybody else i just you know i loved him and i'm I'm so grateful for that but and i don't know i had no idea who my great grandfather was not a scooby-doo he lived up in glasgow that's about all i know but he was a man of faith and there was this legacy and you go back and then you go back and then you go back and you see what God has done. My life is not good enough and is not big enough for me to prompt my obedience going forwards. I have to look back. You know, years ago, um, Jill and I and the family and another family went to Rome. We had our holiday in Rome and then we went to the amphitheater and all that sort of stuff. And, and it was all, it was fairly, it was an uh, unbelievable like, building, the amphitheater in Rome but then you walk around and you're thinking like Christians were were martyred here for fun just because they said Jesus is Lord and when somebody came up to them and said okay I want you to say now Caesar Augustus is Lord and they said I'm not doing that Jesus is Lord then what did they do? they put them in the amphitheatre and wild lions that hadn't been fed for a week or they burnt them Nero burnt Christians because they wouldn't say anything other than Jesus is Lord. We, by accident, Jill and I, the other day, I think we might mention it, we listened to a podcast by a woman called Elizabeth Elliot. Extraordinary woman of faith. Her husband, Jim, was killed by the Indians out in an unreached Amazonian tribe. And what did Elizabeth Elliot do? She did the really sensible thing. She went back to America and lived a quiet life. <laughs> <laughs> no she didn't she took her young child back to that same village and started teaching them she started learning their language and teaching them the bible in their language and then you had this extraordinary moment when she realised that the, the key man that she was teaching the bible was one of the actual men that had killed her husband now there's this sense of all these people that have gone before us these heroes of the faith we just have to say look remember what the Lord has done remember what the Lord has done and then it's saying this psalm is saying and now think of what all that God is going to do I have these slightly sort of existential moments when I I'm slightly scared by the fact I've got two eyes (laughs) Because,
4: okay. it is, it's scary, because you've got two eyes it's a holiday,
0: I do need a holiday, no, you know, you're absolutely right But I find it quite scary, and the more I think about it, the more scary it is Because, like, if you just look at, you're just seeing one eye, aren't if you? If you cover one eye, you're just seeing one image, yeah But if you open up the, the other eye, oh, they're coming in early, that's great I'm going to be really quick now, I'll have to be quick with this illustration But, you're always, like, you've got two eyes, you're seeing two images, aren't you? You're, you're, but your brain decodes it and gets it to be one. Okay, so to prove the point, okay, just put your fingers like this. Can you put your fingers like this? Okay. Yeah. Now, now close. No, no. Now let's do it with eyes open to start with. Okay, just touch your fingertips. Just slowly touch your fingertips. Both eyes open. Yeah, managed to do it mostly. Okay. Now put your eyes there again. Fingers like this. Close one eye. Uh, close one eye and touch your fingertips. Who misses? You miss! The, the point of it is... Kids, you are so welcome. You're so welcome back in the room. I'm going to work out how I can do this. Really? I'm excited for the future. Let's go I'm not going to explain that illustration. No, no, no. I will do. Now, what I'm saying is this. That if you have two eyes open and you have one eye on the past, and you have one eye on the future, you get a sense of perspective. And you have both eyes open, you can touch your fingertips like this. If you're only looking in the past, or if you're only looking in the future, sometimes it doesn't quite work. But if we really want to be stepping into more obedience, we need to have an eye on what God has done in the past, and we need to have an eye on what God is going to do in the future. And that is what brings us to a place of mature obedience that steps us into adventures of faith. I think Andy and Zoe, we're going to pray for you in a moment. But they're, they're moving up to Manchester. They're moving up to Manchester based on a foundation of what God has done in the past and trusting for what God is going to do in the future. It's not just some whim that what they want to do, it's exactly the same as as David. He's saying, look what God did in the past, we went and got the ark, and then we did it, and we did it, and and actually God came through and brought blessing. Two, Two very quick points. Firstly, when we look at the past and we look at the future, God brings us to a place of mature obedience It creates a legacy It creates a legacy The psalm that Jackie read, it says this And David made a promise God, sorry, made a promise to David I'm going to put somebody from your family on the throne forever He was talking about Jesus Jesus was going to come from King David It creates a legacy And the legacy Dear friends, it's not about you and it's not about me. I, we we took this, long, we, you know, for years, years, we've longed for the day, hopefully when we can get to a ripe old age and we walk into Trinity Church and it's hundreds of people in there worshipping Jesus. And we walk in there and we're welcomed in and we say, Oh, hi, is this your first time? <laughs>
2: that's
0: what you, That's what I long for. That's what I just long for. Because you think, oh, it's about the legacy of Jesus vibrantly going on forever and ever and ever. And then lastly, I'm I'm sort of like cutting things short a little bit. Why did David dance wildly? Anybody want to have it as a guest? He danced with joy, yeah? Because the Spirit of God had fallen on him. He was full of joy. Anything else? They're all right. He felt secure in God's presence. Yeah. I think a lot of the time we have said that David lost his inhibitions and therefore he he was just so pleased he lost his inhibitions that he, he danced wildly. I think it was something. Isn't he had abandoned his inhibitions. I think David had simply embraced obedience and he embraced obedience because God told him to do something and he did it and it caused this extraordinary outburst of joy that then one of Saul's daughters says, oh you shouldn't be doing that and said oh how could you do that you can't be doing that but no what happened was um, David had simply said this it's not about me abandoning my inhibitions I'm just going to embrace obedience what God has called me to do that's what I'm going to do And I want to encourage us that I think Andy and Zoe moving up to to Manchester is that they are embracing what God has called them to do. And so we're going to pray for them. But I want to say just before we do that is what has God called you to do? What has God called you to do? You know, if you look back and you see your history, and if you look back and you see the people that have gone before you, if you look back and you see maybe relatives that have loved Jesus, or if you're a, if you're a first generation Christian, the people that gave their lives to cry that, and, and actually shared their faith with you. what well, what is it in your history that's gonna lead you into being wildly and extravagantly obedient to what God's called you to do? It's funny, as these guys are going in about 42 days time, it will be 20 years since the first people moved in to this area to plant a church. And it seems like yesterday. And it, it does. But it's like this moment of joy in stepping into all that God has called you to do. And being courageous. And being brave. And I believe it. It creates... A legacy. It will create a legacy for us where we'll look back and say, look how God has moved. So I'm going to pray and then I'm going to ask uh, Zoe and Andy just to come up and, are you all right just to come and tell us what you're going to do? So Just so you know what we're going to do with these guys. They're going to just come up and explain what they're going to do. And then we're going to gather around and just pray for you and and then we've got some things for you to give you and then we're going to go and have lunch and all that sort of stuff but let me just pray first and then you tell us what you can come up heavenly father we i thank you so much for psalm 132 because lord you you spoke to david about doing something about finding the ark of the covenant And he did it. He came through on his pledge. He said, no, this is what I'm going to give my life to do. And and at cost, he did it. And it created an eternal legacy. And Jesus, I want to ask now, Lord, that you would come and fill us with your Holy Spirit. That each one of us here in the room would have a clear sense of what it is that you have called us to do. When we were worshiping earlier and Manuela and the team, we just kept praying, singing, we kept singing, Holy, Holy, Holy. Yeah. I just, I don't know, I felt there may be a sense of God calling some of us to repentance. You know, that we look before a holy God and we think, No, I, I'm aware of things in my life that aren't quite right. I need to be on my knees and say, God, forgive me. And the extraordinary truth is this that the moment we do that, God forgives us. And he purifies us from all unrighteousness. And so we say, come Lord Jesus, come fill us with your spirit again. That we would be obedient to all that you've asked us to do. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Zoe, Andy, do you want to come up and... <laughs> you got things. As well. I'm just. I'm going to sit down. Actually, you can.
1: So, I can sit down. That's <laughs> So, I guess I, I was just uh, preparing this week for this moment. Um, and I, I just read Romans. I'm reading through Romans. But in Romans 1, verse 5, it says, Paul says, that I've been given the privilege to um, preach the Gospels to the Gentiles. In most, um, that's in the NLT. If you read other ones, it's actually the grace. I've been given the grace. But, but actually, I just, I just read the privilege of this. And I. I just wanted to start by thanking the church. It's been a a privilege to pastor here. It's been a privilege to be an elder. There's so many stories and people across this congregation that we just have this fond affection for because we've done mission and life together. Um, Just... Yeah, I'm not going to say names, but, you know, I just think of all the things that we've done together. I think of the the things we've done on Graham Park and the lives that were changed there. You know, the the wild events of gathering a load of alcoholics and drug addicts together. And uh, talking about Jesus, having them in our homes, talking with them, them baptizing them. And what an amazing privilege that was. <laughs> What, what incredible things. And then just some of the projects that we've run together and all the cues of people who get fed and all the people who are involved in that. And I just think what an incredible church this is. Just so filled with the love of Jesus. And not just that, but the friendship and the love and the the times that we've done the hard things together as well as the easy things. And I just... Think what an incredible church this is, and what, what a privilege it is to walk this life with you and to do this journey with you. And I just I thank you for being my guinea pigs as I grew up into a pastor, <laughs> being a pastor. I'm sorry for the mistakes I made, but um, <clears throat> hopefully you don't remember those bits. Um, but it has been an utter privilege, uh, and that's that what I want to say, um, Duncan and Jill. It's been a privilege. Um, we we love you guys more than you would ever know, um, and actually the, we got you we got you this. If you don't know what this is, this is a running baton. Yeah. Um, come on, right Renny. And I just think, as I've been preparing, I've been thinking about all the people who've moved on from Trinity like all like loads of people in here actually just but more than that and all the mission that's going on around the UK because of what you did you know you came to plant this church and you handed many people the baton and we we feel like we've taken the baton of faith and we're taking it and running with it and but this is an encouragement to keep doing it. <laughs> you know, it's, it comes with great cost. I know that, you know, this is great. Us leaving is great cost to you guys. Um, and so just keep, keep laying your lives down for the sake of Jesus, for the sake of his kingdom, for the sake of gospel. And I just, yeah, I wanted to, to give you that and say thank you for passing it on to us. I was going to get it inscribed, but... <laughs> and just... You did our marriage prep,
4: <laughs>
1: and we're still together. Hallelujah!
3: <laughs>
1: but more than that, we're leaving, Micah. Um, more than that, we. Um, y- you. I look in my bookshelf in my room, and you came in and put that in. I look at my radiator. You came in and you did that for us. And you. I look at mountains, and I think of the adventures we had on Cribgock, and we, we got you across just about. <laughs> If you don't know, yeah, anyway, let's not go there. <laughs> Talk to Duncan about Krivgach. Um, but the amazing adventures of faith, the amazing adventures of friendship, we've had an amazing time here, and we just want to thank you for that. And it's been a privilege, you know, I will say Jerry as well, just to be on the eldership team with you guys. Just It's just been incredible. You've prepared us for this season well, so thank you.
5: Yeah, I'll just also say thank you. <laughs> um, and I was thinking about um, Duncan and Jill, and I was thinking, you know, the word that I just kept thinking was generosity, and we just want to thank you for your generosity. And, you know, in many ways, financial and praying for us, but I think the thing that I thought was just generosity of time, and, you know, I, um, I realised that I, I think I first met these guys, I did an alpha course in their house in the winter of 2004. <laughs> and that it is true it feels like yesterday so you know and then i just think of all the time you've sown into our lives since then and we're just really really grateful so thank you so much and then i was thinking you know about the church and i thought well that's kind of generosity is what springs to mind as well and i think a church just reflects the church reflects um its leaders and this is such a generous church and just thank you for so much kindness and friendship and I wrote down loads of things I won't read them all out <laughs> but just you know the meals <laughs> the um, the messages of support the, the prayer groups we've been in, we we lived with someone in the church for a while and we didn't have anywhere to live after we'd been away and um, and then you know just helping us with house moves and dropping off amazing cakes when we really needed cheering up and you know putting giving us money when we were struggling financially and just so much friendship and just so so much kindness and so i just really wanted to thank you and it says in john 13:35, by this all people will know that you are my disciples if you have love for one another and I just really feel that that is the case in this church and that's my prayer really that as you love one another that the people outside will know about this and they will want to know more Um, yeah so just thank you so much do you want to talk about
1: what we're doing? should we say what
0: we're doing or should we? Um, we, I just thought maybe we've got some things for you. So can we give those, where's Michelle? Michelle, do you want to come, come down? Um, Michelle has, has made something for you. Maybe, (coughs) how about, we've got some things, we've got some things to give you. We've got some um, money to give you. We've got a car. We've got a few different things. But are there, I know this, we're going to be inundated, okay, but, are there two or three people, and it can't be t- and you and I would literally just cut it off. Are there two or three people that just want to come and say something about Andy and Zoe, and what they what they have meant to you over the years? Just something that will just encourage them, that will make them think, oh no, this is really, this is a real joy. If you've been real close friends to them for a long time, it'd be really good to come down and just to share something. She's got, the Ark of the She's got the Ark of the Covenant. We found it. We bought it back from Jerusalem. We paid a fiver and we said, well, I'll have that. Nice. The Philistines thinking, oh, yeah, it's not out there. So, okay, you, Michelle, just come and tell us. what. Sorry.
3: We really just wanted to... Um Duncan help me as well acknowledge your obedience you know and sometimes when we're obedient to Jesus it's not always easy but we just thought that this might remind you when the going gets tough why you're doing what you're doing and we want to bless what you're doing so somewhere under there so,
0: yeah
5: do you do
3: so, so it says on it. It's got a black horse on the top, and it says the chariot with the black horses is going north. So we just wanted you to have that in your home, so you remember while you're going.
5: amazing.
0: And and you've had to put up with. Um these wretched signs for so long, okay. All the time you've had to have these on. It gets see some more advertising up north as yeah, well. Yeah, we see, yeah. So we're breaking out into the north, yeah. Oh, my advertising campaign for Woodscripts, okay. But um, anyway, I, I, well, what do you think you've got? I don't know. You, basically, you've got London. Yeah. So um, do you want to open the. Take in London? Yeah, if you want to, yeah. So they're going to take it might be upside down, I'm not sure. Yeah, it's all coming apart. Um,
4: no, don't
0: kick it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, wow, um, <laughs> it might, it might. Anyway, but it, 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 um, we can, we can look at it later. But can I also just, can I give you, um, can I give you this? Take that envelope. It's just a card, and then. Is this in a box? Could you take it out of the box? And then we've just got a book that... It's just filled with photographs that people have sent in and things that people have written just to show our love and appreciation of you. And we also, uh, the, I know some people have given you some money uh, independently, but there's uh, £4,000 that we just collected. So that will be coming over to you just to help you with your moving and anything that you've got that you need to go. But I, I think if, if you want to come and say something about um, Andy, and Zoe, just if you could come up now, that'd be really helpful. We're going to just say some stuff. John, great, come, good. I, I just need to let you know that you guys have, you have made our lives richer, um, easier. You have blessed us. You have made us more fruitful. And I think it's because both of you have kept your eyes on Jesus, and you have just served. I, I've never known somebody actually that has served so diligently and so humbly and just consistently gone above and beyond what was asked and i think there is a there's a whole mass of people here who have been pastored by both of you and we are eternally i think you know i'm not grateful but jesus is eternally grateful for what you've done because you've made trinity church the place that it is today so we just want to thank you so i thank you that in some ways that actually what we're doing is it won't be the end of seeing you you know so we'll keep seeing you we've got connections up in manchester you're still part of the same network network of churches so we'll still be praying for you and still be part of it but the, the debt of gratitude that we have to you is is utterly immense and, and the other thing is I feel we've done quite a lot of life together you know quite 20 years we've sort of like we've done together but do you know this is the joy of the kingdom it's the joy of the kingdom when you can do things like this and then send people on full of grace and full of joy and full of expectation of extraordinary fruitfulness. So we're going we're to pray for you in a moment. But, John, you wanted to say something. Yes, so you guys will
6: know. Uh, as guys, can and Sarah have been particularly close to you guys over the years. It is with sadness we're sending you. But we're also seeing the hope, and the joy of what God's come to do. We know in the years your kindness, your generosity, your openness, your faithfulness. We've walked with you through happy times and through sad. And we know that you going up to Manchester, God is going to do an amazing work up there. And that it's His timing as you guys are going in. That whilst it is sad we're going to lose you physically here, we know that we're going to be in eternity with you. And at least these days there's a lot of technology to make staying in touch much easier. But genuinely, we are sending you guys with love, with deep friendship, with having seen you guys grow from a young couple who frankly look like rabbits in the headlights when getting married, all the way, all the way, to, all the way to now, seeing your kids grow up and get bigger, and having seen the various adventures we've, we've been on with you guys down the years, being Grand Park or here, and we're sending you with our love, with our blessing, with our prayer.
0: Brilliant. Well done. Fantastic. Joe, Do you want to come.
2: Hi everyone, my name is Joe and I just wanted to come and say thank you to Andy and Zoe. One of the kindest couple I've ever met. Whenever I think about what discipleship means, what it means to be a follower of Christ, I see Zoe and Andy. Whenever Andy's bumped into me, He's always just said, how are you? He saw me. He's always been that person that cared about how I was doing. You know, and, I, and I, I just, when I heard you leaving, I just, oh my God. I know they're going to do great things. I know God's going to pour out his love upon you. And I just thought to read Numbers six twenty four twenty six. May the Lord bless you and protect you. May the Lord smile upon you and be gracious to you. And more than anything, know that you've impacted my life, Danielle's life, and Alexander's life. And I will always pray for you wherever you go. Thank you for being such a light in my life and reminding me exactly what it means to be a follower of Christ. Thank you.
0: Well done. Thanks, John. So anybody else anybody else wants to come up that can hold it together just wants to come and share something about and come on laura you can come as well
4: um yeah just uh i might not hold it together but um i just really wanted to say thank you for just um your inspirational love of the poor and the people who are in need and just for allowing allowing us to um, just step out and be able to serve the community around us just for your um, support and you know with all of the different social action projects I'm just really grateful that um, yeah, for your encouragement both of you and just for your you know I can't even think of the words but just you know your desire to just see us serve the poor and the lost in our community and Zoe as well for you know the work that you do you just have such a heart for serving the poor and I just thank you for just giving us that encouragement and motivation to keep going um, even when things are hard just to keep our eyes fixed on Jesus and to just keep serving and I just really pray and know that you will just have such a A massive impact in the community that you're going to um and just continue to to love those around you thank you brilliant
0: well done thank you yeah chloe come on it's nice to see you back chloe
5: yeah here we are um zoe and andrew you're amazing you've been such a key part of the United Life you did our marriage prep you've been there through so many of our building blocks and our starting steps and this is your next step in your big adventure and we're so excited for who you're going to meet, the lives you're going to bless because you're going to change the north and they are so lucky to have you, we're going to miss you you are amazing, we love you
0: brilliant, well done thank you